You are listening to the Lesson She Learned podcast, produced by the Base Agency and hosted by Zania Blue. This podcast is the place where we stop and reflect on the lessons we are learning in life and business. What can I say? It's the messy and the majestic process of growing through your business's awkward phase. Get comfortable as we dive into today's episode. Hey family, and welcome to today's episode. We have another guest here on the podcast, and this one, this one was low-key for me. This, this one was me asking all of the questions I feel like I wanted to know, um, and I feel like agency owners have a tendency to be so busy um, building it out, getting the customers, serving the customers, oftentimes for an extended period of time. Um, and they're so busy like building the business that they don't necessarily have to have this hefty personal brand. And the thing about personal branding is that a lot of it kind of sheds light on what is happening behind the scenes. A lot of people online who are anything like me are getting their MBA from like the literal breadcrumbs falling off the tables of people who are doing this thing day in and day out. And even though because of how we are in the information age and a lot of people have gained a lot of their information from lived experience, sometimes when people are still in the thick of it and still doing their work, they haven't necessarily had all of the opportunity in the world to kind of like just mentor the way they want to or to share the way they want to. So the person who I will be talking to in today's episode is going to be laying it all out for me. And I am asking all of the questions that my own little agency owner brain can even think of just leaning into some of the things that I wish I would have known sooner. Some of the things that maybe with her insight, she might be able to kind of just expose to me. So forgive me if I am kind of a kid in a candy store during this episode. Um, Also, this is another one of those episodes. I want to say it's the last of these kinds of episodes. Um, But essentially, I had pre-recorded a handful of interviews before you and I had worked through some of the sound quality kinks. And this was the last episode in which I hadn't yet found that nice, healthy medium that you and I are both talking through right now. You see how like the, you know, the beginning got a little crispy and, you know, even this part right here is sounding rather nice. Um, And I would say the sound quality on this is good. It's, It's solid. There are little um, little tweaks and things, but honestly, the information is so worthwhile. I've listened to this so many times and I'm just like, wow, I can't believe she's giving us this kind of insight into her experience and, and her process and, and so much more. And so I am excited to share this episode with you and to hear about some of the things that you feel like you were learning in this process. Having an agency is a big deal. Having an agency as successful as hers um, is also a big deal. And to have um, such impressive clients and and have this relationship with them that is so long-term, really, really breaking it down um, for us. I'm grateful that we had this opportunity and I'm excited to get into it. And so without further ado. (laughs) 
Welcome to the Lesson She Learned podcast. I am your host, Zania Blue, and every episode we talk about lessons we are learning in life and business. I work in marketing operations, helping coaches, consultants, and contractors do the inbound marketing their clients need to see in order to help them find their value online. Today, we have a very special guest. I'm so excited to have her here. But before I tell you her name and before she starts to pour herself out for us, I wanted to let you know why I wanted her on this podcast. So one of the things that is really powerful um, and that even though I think that we've started to become a little kind of desensitized to it, it is so powerful to watch people build structures to serve people. The first time I met her, I met her serving. I met her when she was giving people insight, giving people information, because she simply believed they would be better off with it than without it. How I met her was literally by introduction. So we both have this person in common. His name is Will. And he was like, man, I really just think you need to meet her. I think you just need to hear her speak. I think you just need to hear her, you know, kind of like break it down. Y'all are kind of similar. Y'all are kind of in similar spaces as far as industry is concerned. But I can tell you that she could help you get to where you need to go. Listen, just, just come to this space. Come to this community. And I know for a fact that you will be served by anything she shares. And so I am here with the mother, the mentor, the marketing agency owner and operator, Trevi. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm super <laughs> excited to be here. I'm grateful. I am grateful. And so starting from the very beginning, who is Trevi Rag? Huh. That's it's funny. You say Trevi Rag. I just got married not too long ago, so I'm like, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that person out. <laughs> uh, but um, gosh, starting from the beginning, who am I? Um, honestly, I would say that I'm a creative at heart. Like I, um, before I knew what entrepreneurship was as a concept or as a career path, um, I was an entrepreneur. Just didn't know it yet. So. Um, probably since I was um, in high school, I was starting with bit starting businesses with my sister, um, just kind of exploring how social work. Now I'm going to date myself a little bit, but you know, I was around in the era where social media was just becoming a thing. Um, you know, we had I was around when Facebook first came out, or first MySpace, then Facebook. Then we got, um, it wasn't YouTube, it was like, I forget what it was, some live video streaming platform. And just kind of playing around with all of it. I, I, I loved being, creating video content. I was a video editor at heart. Um, and you know, over the years, it's just kind of evolved into what I can say now is a full school marketing agency, which I absolutely love doing, I, I would say my favorite part and you kind of hit the nail on the head is creating a space for and allowing other people to thrive and grow. Um, I've always loved teaching. <laughs> so anything that I'm doing, if I can, you know, be creative and help others succeed in areas that they want to, that's kind of what brings me the most joy. So 
if you ask me like who am I at heart I'm a creative I am an entrepreneur I'm a teacher and my favorite new thing now I'm a mom (laughs) awesome okay so I know that there are definitely people listening who are in a variety of spaces um, within their process. Growing up, did you notice any natural skills? I know that you were talking about like the platforms you would play with and kind of investigate to see, okay, so how does this work? What does this do? If I do this often enough, what happens next? Were there, was it just like the tech curiosity, social curiosity that kind of has persisted along the way? Or did you also notice any other natural skills or interests that help kind of informed your next steps? Um, I, of course there's natural skills. I was a natural teacher. I loved to teach. I was always something I enjoyed doing, whether it was working with kids um, or, you know, leading, like even, you know, back in junior high, like leading our step team or leading our dance team. I always wanted to be, I felt like I, 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 you know, I'm super introverted, but when I was given a leadership position, that's where I thrived. And I sought out those roles and those positions. So that's definitely been something that's been with me. I've always, in everything I do, I'm like, I really want to be the leader in this. Like that's just kind of where I felt like I belonged. Um, because a lot of the other times in other like social situations, I felt like I didn't belong. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was just kind of really quiet to myself. But if I have this role, like I can do amazing things, right? Like, and so that's where I felt most comfortable. And then um I think also, you know, I always had a passion for success. I it was just instilled in me from, you know, being a child that, you know, it was expected of me to grow up and do something amazing. And luckily for me, I had two older sisters who were doing amazing things and I didn't want to be the only one left behind. Um, and so I was like, man, you know, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. And then, so even for, yeah, circumstance also, I feel like can help navigate your situation because, you know, when I got out of college in 2009, um, and out of undergrad, like there was, it was the middle of the um, recession, great recession, mm-hmm. and there were no jobs. <laughs> and, um, you know, that, that, you know, great American story of like, you go to college, you get a high paying job, and then you're going to be set for life. Like all of a sudden, after I put in all these years, that's not reality anymore. And then I just was like, you know, well, I'm still going to make it happen. And so I'm going to do my own thing. I just, you know, always just not being afraid to try something new. Um, And I probably those are the main qualities um, that I noticed, you know, wanting, wanting, thriving for success and always seeking out those leadership positions. So after, so after college, now you, you start, you have the natural curiosities, you have the not the natural inclination um, you've already developed the competencies. What is the pivot point or that flash point in which you go, okay, I'm going to serve people and this is exactly how I'm going to do it. When did that happen? Um, you know, I don't think I really thought about in the sense of serving people as like a, a driver for me until very recently being really intentional about it. But when I look back at the things I was doing, 
I always had a drive to do it. I just really could, didn't put a name to it. Mm. Um, so like, for example, you know, I worked at a bank for probably like seven years and part one, during a couple of years during that role, I started a Girl Scout program where I was teaching kids about financial literacy. It was also, you know, I was getting sales from doing it. Cause like I was getting the kids to open a savings account and do stuff like that. But like, it had never been done before. And I was like, I don't want to just go out and sell checking accounts. Like let's teach these kids about financial literacy and then really get them to know how to use an account. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, I, I just, my mind always worked that way. And I think not until, um, I don't, you know, really got my feet wet into entrepreneurship and started building my agency and surrounding myself with the people who had the terminology to put meaning behind, put definitions and labels behind the things I was doing, was mm-hmm. I really able then to shift and do it intentionally. So, you know, l- listening to podcasts of, you know, thought leaders, understanding what these terms and concepts were. And then when the pandemic hit, um, I really just felt super helpless. And I I felt like there's nothing I can do for my team members. There's nothing I can do but sit in the house. Like everything is shut down. And a philosophy that I had learned over the last couple of years was that when you feel helpless, then become helpful. And that will help you feel not helpless anymore. And that's exactly when I started the training program where we met. Um, I was just like, you know, how can I give back to the community? Everybody's sitting at home. I have a lot of marketing knowledge and personal development skills. Let's just start a training program. And I'm going to give back to this, to my community, some of the things I've learned as we get through these really, really troubling times. And this relationship came out of that. So that's kind of been my journey, you know, not really knowing what I'm doing, learning and still keep doing it because it was on my heart. And then surrounding myself with the right people so that I can get a better understanding and then be able to do things like that intentionally. Okay, so you said so many things that I'm excited to unpack. So let's start with kind of the the tangible or the practical work that you started to do within your agency. And Mm -hmm. so I totally understand because I kind of also slightly fell into this category of people who were just doing all of these things but in but like in the in the quote-unquote real world there are names for the things that you were doing and they also had like different price points but I but in my mind I was like well if I don't do this then you won't be able to do that with the thing that I gave you so I started to sell one thing but see the gaps in the in the offering or the execution in the way that you know clients or consumers would would use or even understand it but the question is or the question that I have for you is in in the early development what did you know well and and what knowledge were you missing that you that you weren't even aware of that's a really good question in the beginning I was a great video editor I knew how to edit video and that's it. Like I, you know, I was a great video editor. I decided, you know, I'm going to go make some videos. I wasn't a great videographer. So I learned that on the fly because if I'm going to edit videos, I got to have something to edit. So I taught myself how to be a mediocre, I would call me medium slash advanced um, videographer. 
so that I could create videos for my clients. I didn't know what kind of videos I liked making. I didn't know why I liked editing certain videos and not other videos. I, you know, all I knew was I like editing. It's a great supplemental income for me. I'm going to keep doing it. At that time, I didn't even know I was being, um, that it, there wasn't, there wasn't a term like side hustle back then. So I was just like, oh, I'm gonna make some extra money, right? Like, uh, it's expensive. I'm on my own. I need money. I can if I have extra money. I can travel. I can do whatever I want. I could get, you know, get nice clothes. And I'm, I'm young, you know, really young at this age. So it was just, I was just doing what I loved. And I just kind of like, as you explained it, I started to see the gaps. Like if I get a client, I make a video, I post it, I give them the video and they don't know what to do with it. So mm. not that my video is not good, but they you know, their website sucks. They don't know how to market it. Um, they don't know how to use YouTube. And then, so why would then, would they come back to me for another video if mm -hmm. the first one didn't give them return? So I started to see this consistent gap. And so I went back to school for marketing because I was like, well, I need to be able to offer this solution because it was new. There wasn't anywhere else really for them to go. And it was a very new concept. Video marketing had, you know, was just emerging on the market. So I was like, I'm going to learn it. Went back to school, studied marketing while I was working my second job um, or working my regular job, taking my classes on the on my lunch breaks um, and weekends, editing on lunch breaks and weekends and just grind, honestly grinding it out. And, um, you know, as I started integrating those services, I started seeing better results. But at the same time, I was still I, I was stuck in a situation where I was editing projects, some stuff I really loved and other projects I really didn't like doing. And I had to figure out why and get a better understanding of why. And it really turned out that it had to do with my passion and what I care about. And that somebody had mentioned it to me. I don't know who it was, honestly, I can't remember that when you're thinking about who you serve, it's not just about a demographic necessarily. Like I knew I liked making videos for business owners, but that still wasn't specific enough. And then I, Somebody was like, you know, passion and purpose is part of defining your target market. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a trend here. I realized that I only like creating marketing content for purpose-driven entrepreneurs who are putting something in the world that hasn't been there before. Hmm. So I, these clients that I have that are all super money-driven, I don't like working with them. These clients over here, that are super, you know, they have a passion, they created something new, they love what they do. I love working with them. And so that took, I mean, that probably took me three to four years down this entrepreneurship road to really figure out, but I wouldn't have figured it out unless I had done all these other things at the same time to know what I didn't like and what I did like. Um, so that's kind of like the journey of like, what you don't know what you don't know but you'll never know what you don't know if you don't keep doing as much as you can. I I love the fact that you kind of almost took apart the like the machine and started to tell us the kind of way that it started. Um, and it kind of brought a little order to what could otherwise or in real time feel like an overwhelming, challenging, or even like chaotic experience. I think one of the goals that I personally it's to give a little bit of rationale and a little bit of insight 
to some of the chaotic experiences of life so that when we look at them or when we experience them, and even though we're able to think back on a lot of moments fondly or think back on a lot of moments and find value, we could do a little bit of a better job at like looking at the moment and saying, this is a mess, but I could see the the magic in it. I could see how this teaches me something. And I felt like you unpacking that just now helped give a little bit more of a rationale to people who are working through uh, chaotic or just complex moments or emotions because the process isn't always a straight line. And so (laughs) I want to hear a little bit more about how, about what the journey felt like and what the journey looked like in real time. Because sometimes we, we get so good at like, telling the story like okay so so this is what happened this was phase one and this was phase two and then phase three is a consequence of that but I want I want people to be able to kind of validate or invalidate certain kind of feelings um, because some feelings aren't true they aren't all factual in in the way that we interpret a moment and so knowing some of the feelings or the emotions or some of the decisions you had to make in that process could help a person in their process as they navigate them themselves let's see it you know this is I'm gonna kind of outline the main steps in my journey and then I'll kind of go back about what each one of those steps felt like um my first step was, you know, side hustle. Second step was full-time entrepreneurship. Well, I would say full-time solopreneurship. My next step after that was trying to build an agency. Next step after that was failing to build an agency. <laughs> next step after that was trying again, right? And So, you know, when I was doing this side hustle, it, I mean, honestly, when I was side hustling, it was chaotic, but I didn't, I enjoyed it, right? Like I, I had my nine to five, I didn't love it, but it paid my bills and, you know, it was, I was excelling in it. So I was somewhat happy there. I was going to school, learning marketing. I was editing videos on nights and weekends. And it was just grind mode. Like I didn't, I didn't go out with friends that much. I didn't, you know, it was all work. I I was trying to build something, you know, I just put my head down and I was working and that was a choice that I made. And so I was okay with that choice. I felt motivated, I guess is the, is the term for that phase was, is motivated. I was making money. I was able to go. I still had my nine to five. So I had additional income. I was able to go visit my family, do this, do that. And it was, you know, I felt like a, you know, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing big things out here. Right. Like I'm able to show, you know, I was trying to build my personal brand on social media at the time. And I was, you know, doing stories and posting content and it felt really good, honestly, in that phase. And then, um, you know, I got to the point where I realized that I could not grow my business anymore and continue to work my nine to five. And so I had to let it go. That was my plan. You know, I planned to let the nine to five go. And um, I feel like, you know, this is a step that a lot of entrepreneurs might rush or either really want to rush or are very afraid to take. 
And, you know, make no mistake about it, leaving your nine to five is a lot of things to consider. You know, you have to figure out if you have a 401k, like you can't keep it there, right? What are you going to do? Um, you have health insurance, like you, you're not going to get to keep that, you know, like you have to factor all of those things in before making the decision to actually leave. But what I will tell you is that there is major power in making the decision and trusting in yourself and following through with it. I was, you know, I had, when I finally made the decision to put in my two weeks, I was driving to the office that day and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Today is my two weeks. I am putting in my two weeks. I can make this happen. I got a call from one of my video clients, basically giving me, you know, full-time contract work. And I was just like, wow, the day that I, you know, and he was asking me on the phone, are you going to have availability to do this? And I was like, you know what? I will in two weeks. And, <laughs> you know, if I hadn't made that decision, I don't know what I would have told him. Mm. You know, maybe I would have said, I don't know, let me get back. And he could have found somebody else. Um, so making that transition, believing in yourself, you have to believe in yourself. You are going to probably freak out at some point but what am i doing can't believe i'm going to do this what about what if this what if i go broke what is it a death if you have planned and you are dedicated to what you were doing you will probably be fine so you just have to work through it and expect those emotions and experience them and then remind yourself that you're a boss and that you can make it happen anyway um so you know then i went into full time it was I, you know, <laughs> here's when you, when you go full-time working for yourself, life changes. And this is what I feel like a lot of people don't talk about because especially if you've been working in nine to five, um, you know, all of a sudden you have no responsibilities. That routine where I get up at seven, mm. get my shower, do my cute little hair curls, put on my makeup, put on a fancy dress get my heels, make sure my nails are done, get breakfast, out the door at a specific time, all that's gone. Yeah. And so, you know, and then, you know, depending on what your business is, like if you're working from home, you're also sitting a lot, right? Like, and so, you know, I think in my first year on my own, I gained so much weight because I wasn't moving around an office anymore. And I didn't really have a crazy workout schedule, you know, before I quit my job. And so I wasn't thinking about it. I just wake up, roll out of bed, you know, roll in, you know, get my shower and roll and sit on my computer all day. <laughs> and it never crossed my mind, like, you know, keep your routine. If I would have kept that routine, I'm, I'm really going to stress this, like, do not lose that routine. It is so important because if you lose that routine, it's so hard to get a routine back when you don't have to be anywhere or do anything you really don't want to do. So, um, you know, those are kind of my biggest struggles, I think, of going full-time. Of course, it allowed me to, you know, figure out, you know, I have more time to run my business. Um, but even then, you know, it doesn't all magically come together because you have all this extra time. How you allocate your time is extremely important because I could fill all that time with busy work and be no further along in my business than I was when I'm working at a nine to five. Yeah. Have you thought about, you know, what, what, how much time are you dedicating every week to business development, not client work mm -hmm. and strategy? How much time are you dedicating towards 
marketing and bringing in new clients? How much time are you working building out your processes and systems so that when you do get a client, things run smoothly and you you already are are um, um, prepared for issues that may come up. So a lot of things to think about in the realm of entrepreneurship to navigating your time. And then look, you got to have time for you, right? Like, when are you going to go to the gym? When are you going to cook? When are you going to relax and hang out? Because all of a sudden it's business 24 seven, it can consume you. So, um, you know, that's how it was also great, but these are, I'm just, you know, pitfalls that can happen. It's not all glamorous. You always see on Instagram, like, oh, work from anywhere lifestyle. Like, yeah, you got to build up to that. You got to be prepared for that. That's so, the reality of it. So one of the things that I, I like, one of the places my mind went when you were talking about some of those pitfalls and some of the things to expect is that when and especially kind of transitioning from having a place to go and having kind of like this regimen that has to exist in order for you to arrive to just knowing all I really have to do is kind of just like be awake and be willing to function would because this transition for for that, that transition for me was just it was almost shocking like it like it shocked me awake a little bit just because I realized I didn't know myself well enough to mm -hmm. anticipate all of my habits. And so <laughs> when I was kind of first taking those steps, try, not realizing that my day lacked structure until the point that I, I decided or had pre-decided I was going to be sit, sitting down and working. And I had mm -hmm. to lean into therapy a little bit more just so I could kind of learn how I want to function or even unlearn some of the things that I didn't realize were in the way, but were buffered by the fact that I was going to get paid anyway. And so yeah. I'm curious about what you had to, where you had to grow or what you had to grow into in order for this adjustment to be successful. Honestly, nobody told me. I didn't notice until I was a good two years into it that it mattered. Because at first I'm like, this is awesome. I don't have to get up today. Like I'm, <laughs> I was not thinking about, oh, I got to keep my routine. I was like, I don't have to do this routine no more. Right. Like I'm so excited. And I was, I enjoy, I am not going to lie. Like it was cool. I enjoyed it. And then like two years later, I'm like, hey, I feel, you know, I want to get up and like go to a meeting, but I haven't got, you know, super cute or dressed up and I don't know how long and I can't fit my cute dresses anymore. I don't feel good now. Mm. So it was like, it was all cool until it wasn't, until I wanted to like do something that the old me would have done. And it was, it seemed like much harder to do. Whereas before, like I did, I used to do it every day. Why I can't get up and do it now. Mm. Um, and it had to hit me like, oh, even though it was fun, it didn't serve me in helping me get towards my goals or being a whole well-rounded person at this point. I had my little fun phase and now I've set myself back as far as personal development would go. Um, Can I just highlight the statement you said? Yeah. You said it might have been fun, but it didn't serve me. It did not. I think that it takes so much 
introspection in order to look at something that on face value isn't bad, but notice or be able to acknowledge that in an environment where you have to produce or be productive, how things serves you matters way more than whether or not it pleases you. I just wanted to highlight that because that, that, that was different. <laughs> it's true. Like you, you asked me when I noticed and I didn't until I couldn't do something I wanted to, or I couldn't do something that came so easy to me before. Were there any other like soft skills or character traits you felt like you had to develop on the fly? Um, I mean, there's all, I, I feel like, it, I think it's also industry specific. Like as a creative, you know, I had to learn how to take feedback and um, remain professional about what I, what I thought um, and what the vision was and communicating with clients, right? Like that was something I learned on the fly. Um, as I'm sitting there thinking about how do I respond to this email about some changes to a video that if I make are going to destroy the video that they're asking <laughs> me for, right? Like, yeah. You know, um, I think that things... was that's one of the most painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, like Erica Badu, I'm sensitive about my work, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that's one um, something I had to learn on the fly. Um, I, and then I don't know how how relevant this will be, but you know, working with partners, right? If you bring somebody into your business, hmm. how do you manage that situation? How do you manage expectations? How you manage the relationship personally and with the business. Um, that was definitely a skill to learn. Um, I mean, there's a whole bunch of skills, money, managing money, profit, um, <laughs> taxes. I mean, there's a whole world of business stuff that is not necessarily the, the pretty side of business, but just the stuff you have to do to make sure that you're going to be profitable and make sure that you're paying your taxes and not going to go to jail. So those are going to be important <laughs> things to know. So when it came to the business aspect of it, did you feel after, after having done work in the video editing space, after having taken the classes and kind of gotten the clarity on marketing that you needed to, to get in order to be able to confidently move forward, did you then feel like I'm prepared? Like, this is fine. This is a matter of a decision at this point. Um, what was what was the experience as you kind of transitioned into to leaning in a little bit more into the business aspect of it? Um, growth, you know, I, what made my decision to decide? So, you know, I was a solopreneur and I decided to build an agency. It's very different. Hmm. And, you know, when it's, when you're building your personal brand and it's just you and you're marketing on social media, you manage everything. It's literally just you and you might hire some support team to help you manage clients and your services, but essentially you are the brand. What I thought when you build an agency, the agency is the brand and you have team, a team that you have to support, right? Like these are my people that I have to take care of now because this is their livelihood, right? Um, what made me figure out what I was thinking about what I wanted for my future? Um, why did I go into entrepreneurship? What was my goal? Do I want to be an influencer? Do I care about status? Do I care about rep my reputation and being out there and being well-known? 
do I care about, you know, how much I work? Like you have to decide what you want. And everybody's answer is going to be different for this. And I decided my dream life is that I don't want to work. To be honest, like I'm a workaholic. I don't want to work. I don't want, you know, in 10 years, I want to be traveling around the world with my family on the beach, check my phone, check my emails, make sure everybody's good and go about the rest of my day. If I decided to continue to build my personal brand and go that route, that would never be a reality for me because I am the brand. Mm. I loved technically, I wanted to build something that could run without me, something that I might even sell one day. Um, and then I can do whatever I want, right? Like I, I have no intention to do this for the rest of my life. My biggest intention is to build something that can sustain me and my family for the rest of my life. Mm. And so knowing that it didn't make sense for me to put all this effort into building a personal brand that I'm not going to do long-term anyway. I don't, I don't personally care about those things. What I care about is I want to build something to sell. And that leans me towards agency side. I can't sell my likeness, but I could sell an agency. I think that makes so much sense um, for a variety of, variety of reasons. But one of the things that I've been talking a lot of, about um, in some podcast episodes, um, absolutely, and like articles that pu- we publish on Medium or that we publish on the blog, um, being able to identify your personal standard for success mm-hmm. and building the brand or the business that leans into that versus seeing something that qualifies as a that qualifies as a successful or functional business model in duplicating that because even if you build it bigger or if you build it better but it's not consistent with your personal standard of success and we start to notice what is success or what we what we value when we become fatigued when it when there are not the kind of breaks or the opportunities for rest that we, we would like. And I think that being able to look at yourself and being like, okay, so what do I value? What do I want? And building the business is, is so much of, you know, building out the brand itself, but it's also making sure that it's coherent with your personal values, because I, I would suspect that it's harder to, to build something that technically fundamentally differs from what you know, value and believe for yourself. So I just felt like that was a big deal to be able to say, I know what's popular. You know, I, I know what's trending, but I know what's true for me. And so how how did your when when you started to make that shift or when you started to make that change, what happened next? I went backwards. Um, I think it's really important to remember. This journey is not a straight line. Um, I. You know, I had my personal brand going and then I started building the agency on the side. And I, you know, here we in the same situation, but from when I had my nine to five and the, my side hustle, same situation. I got my personal brand and I'm trying to build this agency and there's only so many hours in the day. I can't continue to do what I'm doing on my personal brand and think that I'm going to be able to get an agency off the ground. Mm. And so, you know, I was making great money on my personal brand. I could have decided to continue to do that and continue to grow, but I knew long-term 
building the agency would serve me better. It may not serve me immediately today, but long-term it will. And so I made the decision to step back from building that personal brand and put the majority of my time and energy into building the agency. Do I, you know, I'm still, the agency is finally just taking off. I'm still gonna, you know, eventually when I am able to step away from the agency, maybe I will do a little personal branding and do some speaking engagements, but that would just be at will for fun, like, you know, later. But I literally, when I made the decision, I lost income. I stopped doing all of those things for my personal brand. I wasn't making as much money. I, there were many of times where I was like, I don't know, I don't know how I'm gonna make rent this month, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure something will come through. I also have a very strong faith. And I always, you know, everybody asked me, <laughs> oh, can you do this for us? And I'm like, you know, I can do all things through the Lord who strengthens me. Like that's always been my answer. <laughs> I always knew, like, I was always raised to believe, like, if you continue to do right and, and you know, continue to live the way that you're, that, that the Lord has instructed you to live, your needs will be taken care of. I never got kicked out, never got evicted, um, was always able to somehow pay the rent on time, but I had to be willing to make that sacrifice to pivot in making an investment into my future and going full force, full, full force forward with the agency. Um, and you know, it, it's been a long journey. I will say like, that was maybe like three, two to three years ago that I started, oh, maybe two years ago that I like really strongly started to make that pivot. And, um, I am, you know, about probably as far as monetary, you know, close to where I was maybe a little bit better than I was with when I was just building my personal brand. But I also have, you know, 10 plus team members and clients that are amazing. And I have a community and I have something that long-term will continue to give me revenue, even if I don't have to, even without working in it. Mm. Um, and so, you know, just, just believing in that, you have to believe in what you're doing and then it makes it all worth it. Like going back to, you know, I love helping others. I love creating spaces for people to flourish. My agency is exactly that for my team members. That's way more valuable and special to me than my personal brand. Mm -hmm. when, it, when it comes to the, the first three things you focused on when you were making that pivot, what, what were those top three kind of areas of focus for you? The pivot into agency? Yes. Um, my top three areas of focus. Number one, delivering a quality service up to the standards that I wanted them to be at. That was number one. Main goal, how do I make sure my product is amazing and outstanding? Um, that was number one. Number two, how do I then make this scalable? Mm. Um, you know, I, shoot, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. How do I make this scalable? Um, and then the third thing, you know, that I'm actually really focusing on now, um, well, this is hard. I have actually a couple more, so <laughs> I'm going to give you four. So the third <laughs> thing would be company culture um, mm. and making sure that my team has a place to call home that they can thrive in 
that was then number three on my list of making sure that I had. And then right now, the phase that I'm working in really diligently is um, actual growth. Like now that I have all these things in place, I can build a sales sales team so that I, you know, clients can come in without me. Mm. Um, and you know, I, that, that, those are my top four. That, that makes so much sense. I think that being able to, being able to kind of find that focus and kind of lean in a little bit more. I know for me personally, I know that when I, cause it's easy to kind of have a lot of things going on. Um, and one of the, one of the traps that I kind of fell into initially was like, I was doing all of this work. But I felt like I wasn't producing anything. So I was just like, wait, why Why did I work all day but feel like hardly anything got crossed off the list? Or, you know, where are the fruit of, where are the fruit of all of the effort I felt like I was putting in at that time? And so I think that just having those areas of focus and being able to organize even um, those areas of focus kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, and being able to kind of summarize them into those four categories, I think that it makes it clear, no matter what industry a person is in, that you have to be kind of just aware relatively of what phase we're in. Are we yeah. in, you know, the development phase for the foundation? Are we, where are we and how are we moving within this in order to go ahead and take the next steps? And My something next to add to that, Zania, like, you don't, like, I don't want to make it seem like I sat down and mapped all this out in advance. I did not. Mm. What I did was I was looking at why I had to sit down and stop and be like, if I, I, I knew where I wanted to go, you do have to know where you want to go. You don't, you may not know all the steps to get there, but you, the first step is to evaluate, okay, where am I headed? Okay. Today, what's stopping me from getting there? And my first answer for me was, I'm doing too much fulfillment work. Mm. And I don't know for sure if my product is exactly where it should be. Mm. So before I can bring someone in to do that fulfillment work, I have to have it something for them. I have to have it perfect, right? Like, or at least close to it to tell somebody else how to do it. So number one, perfect my craft. Number two, make it transferable so I could put it in a procedure so that somebody else could duplicate it. Mm. So like, and I, you know, I didn't know what my next step after that was going to be at the time. I just focused on that. And that freed up my time. Yes, it was, you know, it's, it's double time when you're doing something because you're already doing everything. Now you're telling yourself you're going to do some more to fix the problem, right? So it might be triple time work, but you solve the problem and it frees up your time to figure out, okay, now what's my next problem? Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and this is bringing me so much personal insight and so much clarity because I, cause it's, it was easy for me to kind of get bogged down and kind of feel like there were a million fantastic things to do mm. uh, and being able to provide and kind of like obsess a little bit, not just over how much work that there is, um, but making sure that it, it becomes what you want it to be. And in that process, I had to grow a lot um, and grow up a bit uh, just because I feel like the demands change once you lean into more solopreneurship or even working with contractors or even I haven't gotten here yet but like 
bringing in your team. Um, and so there were a lot of things that I had to, to go ahead and do the work to work through. And so last question, what were some of the, what are some of the habits that you have now that help you be able to sustain um, the growth you've accomplished so far, but also prepare you for what it is that you're building as you grow? Um, one of my, I don't, and I guess it's not, it's not really a habit. I don't know if you call it a habit or like a skill I've learned, or even if it's a part of my personality, but something that I feel like all entrepreneurs need to have is the ability to stay cool under pressure. You cannot, I mean, you can't, but it will not serve you to freak out when things don't go according to plan. Whether it's a client that's upset, money that's not coming, not flowing properly, whatever it is, if you consider level-headed and assess the real consequences of what's happening, nine times out of 10, it's not that bad. And staying level-headed to, even when a client might be freaking out, right? Like <laughs> they should be able to, you, your clients and your team should be able to depend on you to stay cool in times of crisis. I, and I, and crisis in any, any, any sense of the term. Um, and I think that's probably been a skill set that has taken me further than any other one that I can think of. Um, being a steady foundation to grow, to build on. Um, that's definitely one. Um, what other habits or skills? Um, I have become open. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I told you before, I'm very introverted. I often like to think things through myself and kind of like feel like everything is always on me. But what I have learned is that when you're willing to open up and talk to others and talk to your support system, you'll be able to come up with better solutions or even just feel better about a situation. Like I talk to my husband about how I'm feeling about my business all the time. And he doesn't work with me in the business, but you know he can comfort me, he can give me ideas, he can share his experiences. I even do this with some of my senior team members and just being a soundboard for them. Like, man, I'm really feeling like this today. You know, I don't, I don't always have to be perfect, but like, it's good for people to see you're human and you'll be surprised that how your team members might have amazing stories, and <laughs> amazing ideas to help, you know, get through situations. So me being open enough to talk about it with other people, and, you know, people who have some kind of sense about business, you don't want to talk to somebody who doesn't know anything, you know, anything about entrepreneurship, unless it's like a personal problem, but just talking to the right people who can at least make you feel better um, or help you talk through certain scenarios because you won't think of everything on your own. Mm. Um, um, actually, I'll, I'll give you an example of that. Like I <clears throat> was hiring for a position recently and there was a girl that interviewed and I just loved her personality. I felt like I really want her a part of my team, but she really wasn't qualified for the role. And I, you know, I, I went back and forth and I tried to make it fit. And I was like, it just doesn't, I can't, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. I can't do it. It doesn't fit. I don't know. I just have to tell her no, like I don't, there's no other option. And I talked about it with my husband and I just, you know, was telling him how I was feeling like I'm sad that I can't hire this girl 
because she doesn't have the experience but like you know I feel like she doesn't have the experience because nobody's given her a chance right like mm. and here I am being that person again but I got a business to run you know like it was it was conflicting for me and he was just like you know why don't you see if she's interested in you, you know you're hiring for another lower level position maybe you to give her that role and like let her like actually be a mentor to her to prepare her for when this comes up again and I'm like oh my gosh, that's amazing. I could totally do that, right? Like, and it never crossed my mind. So you never know what somebody else might be thinking and what options they can give you. So being open to share when you're struggling, you don't have to be, I said, be a, you know, a steady, you know, be a rock for your team, but you don't have to be Superman mm. or Superwoman. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I think those are, I think those are really big habits. I feel like they go beyond even just the morning routine alone but it kind of it kind of plays into lifestyle but also the support community you have to help help us because we never want to be doing it alone but even then the agency model like allows for creative collaboration in so many different ways that leaning into that instead of wanting to be the super entrepreneur who kind of looks like it feels like the face and the only hand within the brand or the business it kind of takes it to the next level we get I I know I I get like that a lot like sometimes I feel like you know it's my thing. Like I got to make all the decisions and I got to know everything. That's just not true. It's not realistic. Don't do that to yourself. Um, and remind yourself when you feel like that, that it's just not true. Mm. It's not a fact. <laughs> I just have to thank you for being willing and able to have this conversation. Um, I myself have all of the notes. <laughs> I've, I've enjoyed just kind of listening in on, I feel like what my future looks like a little bit of just listening in to, to some of those lessons and kind of even learning to give myself some of the grace that I need to be able to fail well and adjust as I need to. Um, one of the things that I didn't hear in the way that you spoke was self-deprecation. Um, and it was kind of like, wow, this is the way that things are going. Okay, I'm going to make a new decision. Oh, This is the way things are going. Okay, I'm going to do this instead of that. And I think that even, I think that everybody who listens to podcasts kind of starts to rehearse their story a little bit <laughs> and thinking about, you know, how life is going um, or where they even feel like they are right now. And I think that your uh, your success is obvious because of the way that you even remember the story. Um, and I wanted to thank you so much for being willing to share and, and talk about what it felt like and talk about how it wasn't all aggressively strategic, but it was intentional and showing how, you know, it might not be as seamless or as structured, but it gets to be as functional and is as, as impactful as you could possibly imagine it to be. So I wanted to thank you um, for coming on, answering all my questions and giving so much insight. Oh, you are more than welcome. I feel like we could keep going for a whole nother hour. Like we've barely scratched. I would love to have you back. <laughs> you know, I'm down. Let, invite me back anytime. I want to leave your audience with just one really important thing to remember. Mm -hmm. And that is that everybody's journey is going to look different and do not compare yourself to anybody else's journey. Just enjoy the ride that you are on. 
Thank you so much, guys. I hope that you have enjoyed all of the lessons. You can be sure to find detailed show notes, um, seeing the bullet points, the details, all of the gems that Jimmy that Trevi dropped, and that you guys can expect to see her uh, sometime in the future, taking things to another level with us as we write down all the lessons that she learned in her process. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I had a lot of fun recording it and just thinking creatively about different aspects of business and different lessons that we're all learning along the way. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love to see like a quote or a snippet um, that felt that you felt like really resonated with you. Um, feel free to tag me on Instagram at the base agency group um, for shares. And if you have any questions that you wanted to ask, or if you have any topics that you would love to see broken down, um, or even love for us to kind of reflect on as like a case study, we absolutely can. And of course, if you really enjoyed today's episode and you wanted to kind of take your love to the next level, uh, feel free to leave us a review, rate and review, because it helps people just like you who need tips just like these to go ahead and develop their business with clarity and confidence. And so feel free to support just in that way, leaving that review, leaving those stars, and we will see you next time.